My name is Chad Gardner from King's Kaleidoscope, and you're listening to the Church Collective Podcast. This is episode number 35 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, Miles and I were able to talk with Chad from King's Kaleidoscope. We're going to hop right into it. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 35. formed about four years ago, and uh, I was helping plant a church on the campus of the uh, University of Washington campus, and we were meeting every Sunday night, and I was just kind of putting together um, putting together a group, and uh, really it was just what was available, like with the church plant that we were going with, and um, so I don't... I guess the the reason that I that I always say that it turned out so big is because the way I learned how to make music was as a hip hop DJ. So I grew up uh, sampling records and kind of making beats for different friends and rappers and stuff. And so I always had an infinite amount of instruments to sample and arrange and produce. And so then when it came time to be putting together a band, I think that I needed all the sort of the resources to be able to curate. Something that now it's just kind of how I used I was used to making music. So for a live situation, it just turned out to be a bunch of people. Awesome, cool. yeah. Um, so how would you guys like kind of come to the style of playing that you do? Um, kind of talk about that for a sec. Yeah, um, I mean, really, it's just it's really just what we like, what we like, and what we love. Um, in a really simple way, we just make music that we really want to listen to and that we really enjoy. And um, so really, it's just the albums we grew up loving, we wanted to make music like. And so uh, a lot of our influence from, you know, the bands I grew up loving were Broken Social Scene and um, Thalo and, you know, Mars Volta, Radiohead, and then tons of hip hop. So, I mean, it just kind of was just a, a mishmash of what we what we enjoyed, and then obviously we were a worship band, so we were funneling all of our influences into as long as this is straight ahead and the congregation can engage with it and it's you know truth truth and gospel centered, then um, we kind of just did whatever we we wanted to do um, outside of that. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, so what? So you guys recently, um, or you still are, you know, individually serving, doing stuff with with Mars Hill. What initially? What drew you and and most of the other band members into serving in a local church, or were you doing that already? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing that my whole life, and um, I think that. I mean, I just think it's it's important for everybody to be connected, but you know, we. When I was the worship director at Marcel Ballard as well, like the priority is always people are connected outside of serving. So even with everybody in my band, it was like they all, you know, the goal was that they'd be connected in the community and connected to the church apart from just being part of a band. So now that I don't work at Mars Hill anymore, and some of the band still goes there 
and serves in different ways. Um, some of them go to different churches, but we're all, you know, the, the goal is to be connected to a community and a family first and then serving second. So, Awesome. Awesome. Um, so with, like you, you just talked about, not working at Marcel anymore um, mm-hmm. or being like a, a, a site band per se, but um, and you guys have recently joined up with uh, your new label, Bad Christian. Um, how, what's that process been like and what kind of initially drew you uh, to, to make that move? Yeah. Um, it really was just, once again, it was relational. So I... One of the one of the band leaders that I was kind of that I would coach and stuff when I was at Mars Hill uh, runs Bad Christian, and so it was funny when I when I had to go around and tell all my band leaders, you know, like I'm I'm transitioning out. He was uh, he was like, you have to like work with us, and I was like, I don't know, you know, I just don't really know what's going to happen right now, and so, but for for this live EP, um, it, they were just a perfect. He was a perfect guy to partner with. I knew him. I trusted him, and. Um, it's much more of like a partnership deal than like a label deal. And, um, so yeah, he, he just, him and all his friends, his name's Matt Carter, all those guys in Emory and, um, kind of the guys that work with bad Christian, they've all been around the music industry for over a decade and have tons of experience. So us just being independent and wanting to kind of put something out really quick. Um, they were the perfect people to partner with and they've been super awesome and helpful. And yeah, they're just, they're just rad guys. Great, cool. That's, that's good stuff. And you guys are the first uh, first band on the label, right? Yeah, yep. Cool. How how's that been? Just you know, you've talked to like friendships and stuff, and that that seems awesome to be able to work with with guys you already know. Yeah. Um, how's it been? At least being like kind of their only at least project they're focusing on right now. Has that been? How, what's that process been like? Um, it's been great. You know, I. Uh like I said, I mean, I've just been in kind of transition mode the last couple of months trying to figure out what exactly I'm doing. And, you know, King's Kaleidoscope was just like, when, when we transitioned from, when I transitioned from working at Mars Hill, it was like, everybody's still here. Everybody still really wants to play music together. We should still be a band. And, um, we're still working on our, on our first full length. But in the meantime, we were like, let's just go have some fun and record, record some songs. And we did it in one night. And then at the end of it, it was just going to be promo material for videos. And then we were like, this is pretty good. We should probably release this. And that's where, you know, Matt was like, man, I can get, I can get you a bunch of resources and help you guys uh, spread the news and stuff like that. And so it just kind of was like, yeah, it's just the perfect thing for what we were looking to do. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so sp- Speaking to the music and, and the songs, new songs you guys have been writing, um, can I speak to, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of music out there these days, worship songs, Christian music. Um, as far as the theology that you guys put into your music and um, mm-hmm. where you're pulling lyrical content from, um, can I speak to like the importance of theology in your music and a little bit of the songwriting process for you guys? Yeah. Um, man, that's, it's interesting. I, I've grown up in a really weird paradigm where, you know, but from when I was in high school, um, you know, 10 years ago, not, not that long ago, I'm only 25, um, I, I would attend Mars Hill Church. And so I, I, I didn't grow up necessarily in a place where there was weak theology and music. It's actually sort of been like 
for a, you know back in the day it was almost like a little bit too much of a focus of like this has to be like reformed and like perfect dead on and it's almost like this is kind of hard to sing you know because there's so many big words in some of these songs so yeah. i've actually i've actually been coming from a place of that the norm for me has been um yeah it's really important we're going to sing scripture and we're going to kind of retool hymns and you know the the truth of the gospel is just to be forefront Jesus at the center of all the songs um and so that's kind of the norm for me so what's been what's been unique and different is in now King's Kaleidoscope is not we, we've done that you know I've done that for seven and a half years working at different churches but now that King's Kaleidoscope isn't affiliated with a with a church and we're writing songs not necessarily for a congregation but just for us that's unique because um writing songs for a congregation is completely different than than just writing songs um but i think that just writing songs is just as important and i think that you know god is just as happy with that and so that's kind of the balance that we're figuring out now is on our next record um you know yeah we want to sing the truth but the truth is also we should probably i should be able to just express myself in music um and express doubts and fears and worries and stuff like that um which is just a challenge because i mean i think most people approach approach writing worship songs from that angle first and they don't first they're not first looking to be like what's theologically correct i've only looked at what's theologically correct and so it's kind of really hard for me just to write you know what i mean like how i'm feeling or something like that about stuff so some of those mm-hmm. new songs you have that in there where i'm just talking personally about being anxious or being afraid or like wrestling more with stuff like that and i think mm-hmm. that i think that that's you know um I think that's kind of a direction that we'll be taking with with more songs. Um, yeah, I definitely know. At least with the the focus on on theology, you know, up, up at Mars Hill, and that's uh, you can see that. It's, you know, it's evident through all the all the bands yeah. that have come out there, and, and you know, especially with you guys. And I think it's really important for, too. So, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think it's important for congregations yeah. to just sing truth for sure, and it should be simple and followable and all that stuff. Um, and so I just think we're we're kind of in a different paradigm now as a band where we get to like that's what was in our DNA and we got to try to figure out what else we can do sort of. Yeah, cool. So so speaking to that, talk about um I saw ask you what if you had to pick like a favorite track off the EP, what would be your what would be your favorite song? Mm. Felix Culpa for sure. Uh I think that song is um, I think that song is is the best presentation of the gospel on that record um, because it speaks to the gravity of sin and the um, the weight of and the fruit of God's grace at the same time uh, and also it's just just um, you know, it's it's it just sort of for me is like it's again it's more of a person song like it came out of just really wrestling with trying to be able to see my sin as forgiven um, continually just throughout life and I think that song was the hardest to write so <laughs> once it got written it was like if it, it had the best feeling it feels the best to play now so 
uh, yeah, that'd be my, that'd be my favorite. It's most fans' favorite, actually. I think I think that's I think that's my favorite one, brought musically and lyrically. I just mm-hmm. been I've just like listened to it over and over, like on repeat. So it's it's uh, I, I really dig it a lot, and the videos are cool to watch. So it's um, yeah, I, I really dig that song. And like you said, I think it's a really good, clear presentation of the of the gospel and just just the way it's even phrased. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just it's really good, really powerful. So. Thanks for writing it, first of all. Well, thanks, Good stuff. Um, All right, so a couple other questions for you here. Um, As far as you guys are moving away from that kind of congregational setting, at least as a full band together, Mm -hmm. uh, moving into, you guys doing like festivals, shows, going to be doing like a tour or anything in the future? What's that going to look like for you guys? Yeah, we'll probably do a tour after we release our full length, which we're, you know, the goal is by the end of summer, we're going to release our, finally release our full length. Um, and we'll probably do a, a short tour after that. And then, you know, we're, we're definitely taking on gigs as they come that, that fit, fit the vibe of what we're trying to do, you know, and we just don't know yet. We're, we're feeling it out. We're learning a lot. Like we can go lead worship, um, for places. And I think that's a, that's an incredible thing to do. It's a privilege and it's an honor. Um, we can also just go play shows at clubs and we've done that before. And I think we have enough material that's broad enough to fit in lots of different arenas. Um, especially with how big the band is and how, how many different types of feels we can do. I think that that's, that's kind of, it's kind of unique that we can, um, we can tailor ourselves to different situations. So yeah, we'll be doing festivals and we've already been booking like some conferences and things like that. Um, and then we've also just been like, Hey, you're, you have a retreat, you need a band. Like we, you know, we'll lead worship for that. So, um, and then, you know, like I said, everybody in the band is still helping out at their, their local churches. So, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be probably helping out with Easter at, at a church in Seattle and uh, different folks in the band are helping out wherever they're going. So, yep. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, do you guys have any like idea on areas, at least of the, like, is it going to be kind of Northwest <laughs> tour or U.S.? I actually, I actually have no idea yet, but I, we need to get around the whole country at some point. And I think that what you'll see, I, I, what my, guess is that on um like this next record we're shooting to have it be you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of songs like big and i think that there once again there's gonna be enough material to work with that we can play kind of a lot of different arenas so we can play at churches but um i i i think i would like to be able to start writing songs that definitely there you know a lot of our songs already are outside of the corporate arena for Mm -hmm. for sunday mornings and I think that it's just going to get pushed further that way while we still maintain the fact that, like, we can still – we still love to lead worship with a congregation. So, Yeah. Cool. Well, let me know if you guys come to California because yeah. – <laughs> Well, it definitely will be in California for sure. Cool. Cool. Um, awesome. All right. And then you talked a little bit – kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, the, the LP, um, you guys in the full length. Um, you said end of summer? Yeah, dude. I'm, okay. We're, we're, uh, start, we're starting it up next uh, week. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How many How many tracks are you guys thinking of, of being on that one? My goal is 20. So we'll wow. see. <laughs> we've we've wow. only been able – we've only had the opportunity to release 
EPs up to now. And so I just feel like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost like frustrating in a sense of like, man, we have, we have albums worth of material over the years and we've only put out four songs, five songs, six songs, seven songs. So let's just, let's just record a bunch, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be a cool album. That many songs. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, Another thing I was asking ask you too, like as far as, you know, you're kind of transitioning, like you said, out of, of congregational writing more into just, um, uh, you know, you kind of described it like stuff to listen to, you know, maybe sing along with, not necessarily in, in a church setting, but um, what's been, uh, how, how has the process of writing songs for the church helped you with what you're doing now? Man, that's a really good question. Um It's a really good question. <laughs> I'm not sure I even know how it's helped me. It's definitely informed it. Um, but, but you know, like I said, my, my aim was always just like, okay, priority number one, this is gospel saturated and it's, we're singing truth here. Priority number two, it's congregational and it's, you know, in that everybody can participate and engage with it. And then priority number three was that, uh, you know, the medium fit the message and that, that's, that's just spoke to the music and the arrangements and stuff. And I think that for us, we were always trying to not even push any boundaries musically, but really do what we loved. Um, because we're trying to express, you know, the greatest news ever, the gospel and we needed to be able to be excited about how we were going to say that. And so that really, that really fueled us to take, I think, a lot of musical risks and to, to push things pretty far for congregational, like a normal congregational band. Also, for our context, it made sense because we were in Seattle. We were in a college you know, part of town. Um, and I think that, so like I said, that's what we're used to. Now that we don't have the congregational piece necessarily, it's sort of like, it's almost like all the doors are wide open and we're kind of standing around going, wow, we can do anything. What is that going to even look like? And we're, we're just trying to figure it out right now, you know? Yeah. Cool. Oh, I got a question. Probably this might be the last one I have for you. But um, one of the guys who's kind of connected through our church collective community Facebook mm-hmm. page that we have up kind of threw out, hey, anybody have any questions for for Chad? And so one he threw up, this is, it's a big question, but... Sort of, they, they kind of overlap each other. But his question is, uh, his name's Ricky. He said, um, how do you arrange all the parts with having so many instruments? Is that kind of like a collaborative or do you lay it out all beforehand? Um, and also, kind of how do you manage the sound, keeping it clear without all the instruments sort of stepping over each other's toes? Yeah. Um, I, I don't write all the parts beforehand. I usually have a pretty, just depends on the song. Usually I have a pretty good framework and melodies and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of it is really collaborative and I think that just comes with time. And also I'm, I'm fortunate enough to just play with people that are vastly more talented than I am. Um, there's, you know, three music educators in the band. One of them is a professor and they just like, they understand music better than I do and they understand when not to play, which is really helpful. Um, but I definitely think that, um, 
I just think that playing together is playing together is really helpful. Um, doing as much as possible. When we started as a band, we practiced two or three times a week, just like learning how learning how to like feed off each other, and that's much more like normal band ish. If you're in a more usual context, like for most churches with a more teams style setting, definitely whoever is in charge has to be actually like writing things out and putting things together. And I've I've had to do that a lot as well. You know, like I'll score stuff out in Sibelius and notate the trumpet and the string parts and then just figure out which volunteers play those instruments for special services or something like that. But um, for us, fortunately, it just comes with, you know, We've played together for a long time. What was the second part of the question again? You uh, kind of just asking like how how do you make sure oh. that, like everything's kind of clear that you guys aren't going over yeah, the top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, arranging. I guess that's kind of that's kind of my responsibility. Is there's a lot of people have a lot of ideas, and I think that's that's my sort of biggest job is cutting and pasting and putting all the ideas together. And I think that you know. Once again, it's kind of how I learned how to make music, so I've just been practicing that for a long time because that's kind of what I was doing when I was making beats, you know, since I was 13 years old. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was a good question. So, and uh, it is a good question. Throw it at you. Um, yeah, I got. I'll grab one more question for you here. Um, cool. What's What's been your favorite experience? And you guys are kind of you still are doing stuff in churches. Um, and, and helping me, like you said, you're going to be doing some some stuff in Easter. But um, what's been your favorite experience leading music, or I guess even just playing music um, in a setting that wasn't in church? Well, that's a good question. Definitely not Christian music festivals. Those are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they're just like, I mean, it's just like yikes. You know, it's like limited to it's like yeah it's like you're playing in a mall or something but um not terrible i'm just saying um man that's a really good question uh not a church setting i guess it, it could even be like festivals like i saw you guys at Arc yeah. 12 yeah like, yeah yeah that's i'll count fun. that as a non-church setting so yeah yeah totally i mean i i think our favorite the favorite show that i've ever played was at a uh, kind of a club in Seattle called Numos. It was a benefit show. And um, yeah, that was really fun because we already take a lot of liberty on Sundays and kind of just let it out of the cage. And then we, when we play a, a thing like that where it's just a concert, it's kind of like we let it out of the cage even more. And um, But at the same time, it's like we're playing songs that people know the words to and sing. And it's always... I think it's powerful when there's no lyrics on the screen and people are people still want to sing with you. Yeah, um, I don't use lyrics or chord sheets. Nobody, our band never has used chord sheets just because we want to memorize stuff. Like, mm. if I'm going to sing it three times on Sunday, I should probably memorize it. Um, and in that way too, this sounds kind of weird, maybe, but I feel like I feel like a lot of songs as I'm singing them. I'm singing them with the congregation, but I'm also, in a sense, communicating and preaching the gospel to the congregation. And I just think it means so much more if I've internalized it and can sing it from memory than if I'm reading a sheet and trying to follow along a chord chart. That's hard to do. It just takes practice. But, 
Yeah, I mean, that show at Numos was our favorite for sure. But I got to say, man, like playing at church is just as fun for sure. Um, you know, I think that my best memories are, uh, you know, if you have three or four services on a Sunday, that last service, I don't know if it's like this for most people, but that last service is always the most fun because you just feel like, okay, we've done a good job all day or whatever has happened all day, but this one is just like, leave it all on the floor. Um, and I mean, we've had some crazy services where we'll just say, we're just going to keep playing and we play like 17 songs and, you know, I just feel like I'm dead at the end of it. Stuff like that. <laughs> wow. yeah. That's, awesome. That's awesome. We just said, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, let me, let me throw one last one at you. Um, yeah. Just with the, a lot of experience leading worship and starting young. So for guys who are kind of wanting to get into the realm of leading worship and maybe some younger people out there, what would be, if you had like, I don't know, maybe top two or three things that advice you would give somebody yeah. of like maybe how to get, how to start or just kind of where to build up a good base for being on the lead on a Sunday morning. Yeah, that's really, that's a really good question. Um, I think that one of the biggest things I've learned is that you are a, if you're not a pastor yet, you are your primary thing you're really doing is discipling and you're shepherding on Sundays. And I think that that's what churches need a lot more than musicians is um, pastors and really, really worship leaders, you know. And in a lot of churches, that can just be the the lead pastor and then the worship guy can be the musician. I've played that role a lot, but I've found that um, as God has grown me in my ability to to lead a congregation in that way, um, it's made a lot more sense what I'm actually doing on Sundays, and it's a lot less about me figuring out the music part of it and performing. So, yeah, like music chops are important, and the more that you can understand music and the more that you can, you know, uh, understand what everybody else in the band is doing and arranging is really important. But I think most churches don't need this is how you play this Hillsong song, and here's how you play the guitar part and the bass part and the drum part. Like, that's the last thing that an 18-year-old kid needs. What an 18-year-old kid needs to, like, sit under is that God is real, he's holy, he's righteous, and that kid's job is to tell everybody that he's holy and he's righteous, and that's what he's doing with his mouth, and he needs to do it with his heart. And that's what I, is like, that's what I have to do as well. And um, you're leading people to that. You know, you're leading, you, you are, in a sense, you are delivering the gospel message and yes, you're delivering it with your, your fingers and what you're playing and you're giving glory to God by how well you play music. But, um, I just think that that shepherding pastoring piece is the most important by a lot. And I think that it gets overlooked too often. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I would agree with you a hundred percent. That's awesome stuff. Yeah, I think I think you know as we as we transition from being a, just a, a Sunday morning band, I think our biggest thing is we still, you know, it's less about hey play this King's Kaleidoscope song this way, and it's more about influence mm-hmm. and it's inspiration. Like I really want to inspire kids to um, think outside the lines and and keep that priority of like if you're going to lead on Sundays, you're, you're shepherding people, you're discipling people, like you know. Think, think as you're as if you're a pastor, 
And then when you're playing music, go for it. You do not have to play it like Chad plays it. You know what I mean? Like get creative and have fun with it. Like what do you listen to? What do you like? How do you want to play this hymn? Yeah. Go for it. I think that's 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 kind of our heart now. Yeah, that's huge. I know a lot of people like I can't do King's Kaleidoscope because I, I can't play it like that. I know. And it's not, right. like so it's cool to hear you say that. So, my band. So yeah, so we'll we'll have yeah. to definitely point point them to this quote for sure. <laughs> the other the other bands at Marshall would always make fun of us and say, whenever if we ever had to do tutorials, like they'd always say, first thing you got to do. Get two guys, make sure they have helmets on, you know, and then they like just keep going like this long thing of like, cause it, but at the same time, like that, you know, we give glory to God by just having fun playing music yeah. We're his kids and he delights in that. And so I just want to free people up to be able to do that and then focus on what's actually important on Sundays. Awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, if you could do us a favor, head over to iTunes, give us a rating and a review. It helps us connect with more worship leaders over there. And head over to thechurchcollective.com and click Join the Collective. We want to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless you today.